Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. In 2014, a failed stand-up comic entered a contest called The Hunt for the Host. He did not win. Later, he was joined by an underperforming Oregon State fullback with a community college degree. These men, neither having earned the position and possessing no real skills, continue on as radio personalities. If you have nothing better to do on a Saturday morning, and if you can find them, maybe you can hear The Sinner and the Saint. Starring Luke Anderson. Get on up, get on up, get on up. Gentlemen's clubs. How oh. do you like those? Oh, hey, I'm ready for Mickey Mouse now. That is now. Devolved into that. And Will Darkens. Ear or eye? Where do you want it? On 1080 The Fan. <laughs> yeah. Welcome back, Hour 2. Sitter and Saint, if you miss anything from Hour 1, uh, the Les Schwab Tires podcast is available at 1080thefan.com following this fine program. Did you know that you can follow 1080 The Fan on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat and Tumblr and Zoom and... Oh, uh, no. No? Not those. TikTok? No, we're not on TikTok yet. Quibi? Uh, I don't think... Foursquare? We're on... MySpace? Quibi. I mean, if we were on Foursquare, that'd just be a website, I think. Right? I don't know. I don't know. You tell me. You tell me, smart guy. I don't know. You can also listen to this program if you're listening through your AM radio. It's available on HD2, 99.5. It's available on Radio.com. There's no way smart in speaker, heck we would ever have Radio.com app. Ever. Why not? What? It's just us lip syncing to stuff. I thought you and I were going to start our, We were going to start it before this whole pandemic because we can't be in the same room anymore. If you're listening, we're in separate rooms. There's hmm. a big piece of glass between us. We're, we're like, what, 12 feet apart plus the glass dividing us. If mm-hmm. we could be in the same room, we would have started our TikTok account. We were going to start it mm-hmm. uh, the the week that this whole thing happened. Yeah, here's the issue. Um, there's a lot of guys on the station who um, physically get, like, distraught when I show them Instagram. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, they're, they, they, don't, they either don't understand it or they get really pissed off about it. Yeah, I don't understand it, but I don't get, I don't get upset about it. Like I, they get very upset I when I ask them, "Could you please contribute yeah. to it?" If you and ask like, me to contribute, I'm all in. I don't, I don't have the um, the interest level to participate in it solo. But yeah, hey, you and I, we we've actually stopped doing the videos. We need to figure out a way to do those again. But uh, yeah, if you ask me to participate, I'm always happy to participate. 
But yeah, let's start a TikTok. We're, we're going to rock that. We're thing. not going to start TikTok. Why not? Because nobody will be so will do good. It. We'll be nobody so, will do it. We'll be you and I. Let me tell you something. Don't worry about the rest of the this. This is how every social media initiative starts at this station, or at least before I came into my job. This is how every social media initiative started. In fact, this is how the fans Snapchat started, which is no, we have hey, Snapchat. There's yeah. Snapchat. We should get an account. Three posts later. Yeah, Four man. years, nobody <laughs> contributes. There was for a very long time, I think until they updated the website, there was a blog uh, section on there that there was, was was blogs from uh, Isaac and Souk and I think Travis Demers and Josh Wilcox um, that were that were on there, and each of them had like one yeah. half-assed blog and then just ended. Yeah, which was great. That's. Yeah, that's how it is. Well, that's how a lot of things are. I mean, that that's not that's not unique to uh, this environment. It happens totally. in all. That's how you become uh, not the best. Yeah, that's right. That's what I'm. But what I'm suggesting is that you and I, yeah. for the you, sinner you and saint, you won't do it. I'm happy to do it. In fact, you tell me what you thing, need. You the, tell me what you need, homie. The only let's thing be, that let's everybody, be leaders. The only thing that everybody gets excited about here, and this is this is what drives me insane. Ooh. People get really excited here about using Twitter. And I said, that's great. I get it. Except Twitter is an information source. Yeah. Totally. Now, when I say, hey, I think we should start contributing a little bit to the Instagram account, I think that would be good because a lot of people are on Instagram, and pretty much now Instagram is Facebook. Facebook is for anybody that's 45 and older. Sure. Everybody has one, but they don't really use it that much. Yeah. It's 45 and older that use it. Instagram is now your main source of expressing your opinion and expressing who you are. Yeah. Now, when I show it to them, they go, oh, gosh, you know what's on here? It's just a bunch of women in low-cut shirts and models and stuff. Why would they say it in that tone? Oh, they're just, ugh. ugh like, why would I, I use this? women? And then I fire back and I go, I know, right? Why would I use Twitter? It's just a bunch of anti-Semitic babble. <laughs> they're like, well, no, it's not. And I go, are oh. you sure? I don't know. I feel like Twitter there, there is a lot of that. Yeah, I feel like it's just a bunch of really angry, racist people screaming. Well, here's my and tell me if my perception is off on Twitter. It's that, and then it's a news feed, right? It's people going, "Hey, yeah. I have some information that's going to add to it." That's that's why I don't use Twitter. I don't have any information to add to the conversation, and my clever quips uh, just dissolve into nothing on there because uh, they're they're very inconsistent. So I, when I go on to Twitter, it is. Uh, Oh, dude, what just happened? Like, uh, we talked about it earlier. When the Kobe crash happened, I go, dude, I need to verify this. And then you get verified reports from people in the media. And that's how I use Twitter. Oh, something just happened. Oh, is the NFL restarting or not? Let me go to Twitter and check it out. That's what I do. Am I using it right? I, yeah, I guess. Okay. Sure. Whatever. Whatever. I you guess. just stopped listening. It's however you use it, man. You just stopped listening. See, and I think that's also the other thing with social media that a lot of people um, kind of stop doing with it is that they say that they encounter it and they go, how do I use this? Yep. And that's a very old way of thinking. It's like I gave you a washing machine and you're like, all right, well, how do I use the damn thing? I mean, most social media platforms are not like operation manual included. Yeah. It's more about you kind of poke around, you see what other people are doing, you see what you can do, and then you make your own. Yeah. And then that's it. Well, you have fun. Oh, I'm not all about that. I know. Yeah. This that, show's about serious issues. Yeah, that's, you're, you're damn right it is. Like examining Guy Fieri's racism. It's just turned into a gigantic Mexican. Whoa. I know, right? Just, what a jerk. That guy. I mean, Flavortown.
Sounds like a fun place to be. Take me to Flavortown. Not if you're Mexican. So you promised, like, things and stuff, right? Ah, I suggested the possibility of things and stuff. Well, why don't you throw out a thing? NFL can reopen facilities next week if protocols met. Local regulations allow. Okay. So there are going to be protocols put in place going, hey, we need to do these things. The NBA facilities opened last week. And now the NFL is going, hey, we can open up the team facilities. You're going to need to stay uh, physically distanced from people within those facilities, and your local jurisdiction needs to allow it. Mm. The NFL, you've said, has a much better chance of returning than college football because they don't have all of the university things that they need to comply with. It's a business. It is very much a business. What is the likelihood that we have the NFL return this fall on time? Much higher than uh, college football. Yeah, and I've actually, yeah I, I, I've started to think that you probably will see the NFL come back because I think what will happen, and if golf can do this successfully, which you know they are doing this weekend. Um, golf, if, golf is June. Well, now, are, isn't there some tournament they're having this? They're week? doing. They're doing like a little playoff next weekend or something. The the thing that you're referencing is just a a skins game between. It's like a. Just a few players going out. They're going back to okay. actual PGA, PGA events on the 11th, I believe. So I believe that if you don't see a spike in cases among players uh, with golf, and then the next return after that's probably going to be baseball. Baseball or basketball, yeah. Yeah, probably baseball. Probably. Because uh, I think basketball is going to get too hung up on the whole idea of, like, do we finish the season or do we not? Well, and there's a lot more, there's a lot more close contact in basketball than there is baseball. And I think that... If you have these positive things happen one after the other with each of these leagues, again, it's more about the athletes than it is the fans because I do believe with golf, they'll probably let some fans in at some point. It'll be very sparse. Yep. Uh, baseball, I do believe they will let some fans in at a certain point. Basketball, I believe they're just going to say, Zip. no, yep. definitely not. If you have the cases maintained among players, I think you will definitely see the NFL go forward with yeah. no fans. Now, I think that each of the professional leagues will consider if they do bring in fans, if they start getting COVID cases, I think they'll keep going full steam ahead because I think they consider that fair game. If you're a fan and you want to come to it and you want to risk that, that's on your own volition. Yeah. But if you're not infecting the players and they can still get on TV and they can get on the field and we can sell advertising, we're good. I don't care. Yeah. One of the other things that is, is really tricky is for these leagues, there's a lot of revenue tied to getting back to playing the games. Um, you know, a lot of businesses out there, small businesses locally are trying to figure out how to navigate, you know, reopening. Uh, so a lot of the Oregon counties are now reopened, not uh, Clackamas, Multnomah, Washington County, but they're working on it and trying to figure out how to get back into business because revenue is important. We've seen it with uh, breweries. I know that uh, a lot of the breweries that are allowed to be open have decided not to because it may not be worth bringing back all of your employees at a percentage of the revenue. Mm. Baseball, at least a couple players have come out and said very vocally that they're not interested in getting paid less money to play baseball. So I do want to talk about that. We don't have to talk about the baseball side of it. But at least the business side of it, I want to get your thoughts on it. We'll do that next. You're listening to The Sinner and Saint on 1080 The Fan.
Ya yo no puedo esperar para verte otra vez. That is outrageous. No, it really is. The Sinner and the Saint Tailgate with Luke Anderson and Will Darkins on 1080 The Fan. I've not had enough time to verify this as fact, but I will read it from the fan text line as if it's true. One proposal that Dr. Fauci has suggested to make contact sports safer is nudity for all athletes and some coaches. Owners should remain at home naked. Is that true? I don't know. I just read it if it was. I tried to read it with as much confidence as I could to make people believe it's true. Mm. It's from the fan text line, and I don't know why a fan listener would make up something like that. Mm. More or less interest in watching the NBA without fans if they're naked. The fans are naked? Everybody's naked. No, no. If the players are naked, there's no fans. Because I know that you're anti uh, uh, games without fans. You're okay if it's games without clothes. Would, uh, Nike, yeah. would Nike have to tattoo all the athletes to make sure that they're getting their proper branding from the contract? No, you just put pasties on. Just, just pasties with a Nike logo? Yeah, on their butts. Makes, on, their, on their butts? I don't think you know how pasties work. You know what I would like quite a bit is for that to happen, and then I would like for all of the um, super just like macho dudes in sports radio, be like, I'm not watching that garbage. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Because everybody's naked. Yeah, I'm, gonna, not, I'm not going to look around. a bunch of naked men playing basketball. Yeah. Like, yes, you will. You're going to watch, and you're going to see all their penises. Sure. And there will be flopping. <laughs> and you have to comment on it. Yeah. Yeah. If the NBA said, look, that's it. Literally, that's the only way we're going to come back. I guarantee you. Every one of those players would go, all right. Yeah. Just do it. Like if Adam Bring Silver was like, look, dude, I'm not kidding with you. I voted with these owners, and these owners are serious about it. They're not going to pay vendors. They're not going to open their state. They're going to lock it up with chains and, and crap like that. you got to be naked while you play. Was I it, guarantee every player would strip butt naked. It would be an interesting experiment to see what the reaction would be. Was it Adam Morrison that was afraid to take showers? Because of the nudity or because he just didn't like to be clean, but he never showered? He's probably just scared of him, himself naked. Yeah, scared of himself. What he would do? Yeah, well, I, was, I couldn't I control know. If I was naked, I couldn't control myself. You don't want to look at that. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I would look at all the other guys naked. I mean, wouldn't you be intrigued? I think that would be incredibly intriguing. I would also be curious to see the uh, the shots, the, the camera shots, how well they would, like, get away from the waist. Yeah. 55305, the... Fan text line is all about the song that I chose there. That was Walking on Sunshine in Espanol. You're welcome. Um, Somebody else is saying that Earl Thomas would change sports if that was the case. <laughs> Just Well, it said all contact sports, if we're running with that. The Major League Baseball owners have suggested that they may suggest to players a 50-50 rev split and adjust salaries for whatever happens with the 2020 baseball season. Mm -hmm. And at least one player, Blake Snell, pitcher for the Rays, I believe, he ain't having it. He ain't having it. I'm not playing for less money. I'm not going out to play for less money than what I'm owed. This is BS. And he makes his argument. Bryce Harper, who is a 
half a billionaire just based on his last contract, said uh, he's he's backing Snell on this. If baseball doesn't return, there's no revenue. Should the players be holding the owners to the contracts that they've already signed, knowing that it could really affect things later down the road? So you get paid your 2020 salary because you're under contract, sure. But the owners, if they take a big hit on this season, well, they're not going to be very interested in signing free agent contracts in years to come. Blake Snell, I think, only makes $7 million, and he's a Cy Young winning pitcher, so he's worth a lot more money than that. It's going to affect him down the road a lot more. Tom Glavin talked about this on an interview earlier this week where he was saying that was a big thing that upset a lot of fans about 1994 was when the players went on strike, it was it's all about the money and it was really difficult to recover from that for baseball because they were looked at as being very greedy. Put yourself in a position where you're getting paid to play baseball mm-hmm. or for you, a sport that you love NASCAR <laughs> NASCAR. You're getting paid to drive in NASCAR, but they want you to take less money. Isn't that better than no money? Uh, no, not Ooh. really. Oh, you're on the Snell side of things. I'm on the side of precedence. And that's what this will set. Okay. Which is why I agree with the players in this case. If you are a capitalist and you love sports, this has to be the most aggravating thing ever. <laughs> sure. It really does because you really want to see sports again. But there's no way in hell you can talk any crap to these players about the idea that they say, no, I'm not playing for less money. We agreed on this amount of money that I would play for. Now, yeah. is anything changing on the field when I get back to action and I'm doing my job? No. I'm not working less hours, am I? No, I'm going to go play in those teams. Now, if we're going to play less games, then you got to pay me for that. Okay, I guess I kind of understand that. Yeah, well, there's but if money has a, been guaranteed to me contractually, no, you're not taking that money away. Sure. All the guaranteed money I've already accrued or that is promised to me, no, you're not going to take that away. Yeah. Which is why I'm totally fine with players doing this because anybody who wants to go out there and call themselves a pure capitalist who says that, I'm pissed at this whole wave of democratic socialism of giving handouts to people and blah, blah, blah. That's literally what's happening in pro sports right now is that they're saying, look, in order for us to survive, everybody needs to take a pay cut so we can essentially give handouts to certain people to make this whole thing run. No, that's not what America is. America is built on the idea of if I'm incredibly good at something and I name my price, you either pay me or you don't. If you don't want me to play, I'm cool with that, man. I'll sit out because I've already made, in Bryce Car- Harper's case, and as you yeah, point out, a half a billion dollars. dollars. <laughs> I have half a billion dollars in the bank right now. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I'm cool, man. No, he bought that car. He's got a he bought oh, a yeah. he bought a new Camry uh, when he got that contract signed. So, I just think it's interesting because if you set a precedent now for this, I think you will continue to do so into the future for players because, as it's been said over and over and over again through the news cycle this past week. I don't think we're going to be done with COVID-19 for quite a while. There was even one prediction that said it's going to be five years, five years where you're going to be just thinking about it. Not that we're going to be in our homes for five years, but that we're going to go through these peaks and valleys of high infection rates, low infection rates, possibly for five years. So right now, as a player, if you say, sure, I'll play for less money. Well, how does that stop the owners in the next, say, two years from going, sure. hey, I need you to take even less money now because it turns out there's another outbreak? Yeah, well, the the difficult thing on the owner's side is if it is a reduced season, and I think that's where it really becomes a, hey, we want to get back to business, but listen, revenues have been 
insanely affected by this. And if you're returning without fans, then there's, you know, the addition of, of, you know, we have no revenue coming into the ballparks. There are a lot of costs involved in running the league that is way beyond my grasp of what their P and L looks like. But I wonder how much it's going to affect the, that next cycle of contracts where, I don't know if they're going to blackball somebody, obviously, if he's got talent, but there, I, I, there's not there's not going to be the same pool of money at the end of the road for this. And 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 that's where I get a little I, I'm on both sides of it because I see I can see the owner's side, but I also see. Well, listen, if we're not going to have the money in the next contract cycle, well, I better get paid what I owed this contract cycle. So that part of it makes it a really difficult situation, but it just adds another layer to all of this because you have all of the safety concerns that you need to actually get back to playing, which is how do we make it safe for players? What happens if we're, we're doing tests every week and all of a sudden one of these players tests positive? What does that do to the game that's scheduled for tonight? What does that do for the games that are scheduled next week? What does that do for the facilities? The Korean baseball organization, uh, KBO, they said that if there's a positive test, they're going to shut down that stadium and play all of the games elsewhere. So I don't know how Major League Baseball, NBA, NFL would would go with that. On top of it, you go, all right, well, how are we going to pay these players and make it fair for everybody involved? And now that you add kind of the, the financial element to it, it just makes it you realize how difficult it's going to be to get back to sports, and it could be a lot longer than we think. Well, yeah, it's going to be a lot longer than we think. I, I, I just, you know, I, I believe that, if we truly are, if players truly are free agents, right? Yeah. And if they sign contracts and if they want to demand the type of money that they think they deserve, then let them do it. And like you said, if they, if they get blackballed from the league, they get blackballed from the league until somebody just annies up and goes, okay, fine, we'll do that. Yeah. I mean, that's what negotiations are. Sure, of course. And I, I just believe that if you're going to have all of these people, and, you know, maybe I'm generalizing here, but if you're going to have all these people who believe that socialism in regards to owning sports franchises is a terrible thing and that you do support power to the players like the NBA does. The NBA is probably the most power-driven league for players there is out there uh, in the United States at least. Well, that that the uh, the rules that they put in place to keep players yeah. where they belong or where they belong, uh, you know, with their home teams – the, the bird rights and, and the max contracts just haven't worked. The players are going to go and play wherever they want. The, the players have the players have more power in the NBA because they've taken it a lot, and they said that the money's not the most important thing, and that's the one league that has done that so far. Uh, text line, if revs go up, salaries go up. Yeah, and if revs go down, salaries go down, and that's revenues are going to go down if you don't have fans. Well, Big time. I mean, what's the difference with baseball? Well, what I'm saying is <laughs> nobody goes to the game. Yeah, there was a very clever quip by, uh, I believe it was Ron DeSantos uh, of Florida said, social distancing, we've been doing that at Marlins games for years. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're bad. It is pretty great, though, that this is happening to baseball. It's happening to everybody, though. Well, that this in particular is happening to baseball. Yeah. You want to know why? Please tell me. Because you hate baseball. I don't really know who the face of baseball in terms of players is in this pandemic. Well, right now, it's Blake Snell. Hmm. Do you have any idea who Blake wonder, Snell is? And I wonder what message well, he's Harper. putting out, right? Pay me more. <laughs> yeah, this is 
Again, that's why Tom Glavin is out going, man, if you make it about money. Now, I, th- I, I think this totally exposes who baseball players are, which sure. they basically just say, look, I'm there to do my job, and you're going to pay me for it, and I really have no interest in promoting myself for the team. I really don't care. Versus a clip you played earlier in the show from Chris Paul going, man, we just want to get back. Well, we want to get back. It's yeah. a good I, – I think when you have guys like that, when you have guys like that in the NFL, when you have guys like that in the NBA, it says something about the sport that actually makes you excited about it. It makes you feel like you have a connection with the players. I swear to you, man, I know I'm not a baseball fan, but I don't know how fans can have connections to players anymore. I I don't think that they really care about fans. I really don't. I don't think the players give one S about the fans whatsoever. I think they go in and collect their paychecks and they understand that what they understand what the business is. They understand that there's a certain demographic of fans who have a bigger loyalty to a logo than they do to their favorite players. Bryce Harper is the perfect example. He doesn't give an S about what anybody in Philadelphia thinks of him. Well, he, he, doesn't doesn't care. Care. he didn't care what anybody in Washington no. thought of him either. The one genuinely nice thing he did was, okay, fine, I'll do that last home run derby. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, but he, he also, you know, he said that, you know, he was very happy where he was, even though he missed out on a chance to win a World Series. Happy. Whatever. Yeah. Like, Dude, well, A-Rod again, in, not about in New winning. York. It's about the money. It's not about it's money. Winning. That's it's, it. It's about money. And it, and it goes back also to the whole just friggin' sabermetrics of baseball. Yeah. Well, it, but, it's it's not about the game anymore. It's about runs. It's about getting people on base. And if you're entertained by that, you know. Go friggin' watch wallpaper. Dry. I will not disagree that baseball as a whole has an image problem, and this certainly does not yeah, man. help. Chris Paul is on national TV saying, "Man, we just want to play." Giannis Antetokounmpo is on Twitter retweeting things of him having awesome one-on-one battles with people where he's winning and losing. Going, man, I miss the game. Yeah, you have dudes in the NFL who are going out and practicing breaking social distancing rules, even though that's bad you shouldn't do that it shows how much passion they have for the game the face of baseball in terms of players in the coronavirus is this dude who plays for the race who goes i'm not playing for less money screw you hey yeah not- and then bryce harper right behind him which i'm pretty surprised bryce harper wasn't the first person who <laughs> but, goes yeah i agree with that yeah, I- he's, he's not the first to anything it's always the second ah. one he's like ah, i didn't think of it myself but here i am i'm in it for the money Screw you, fans. Screw you, 98-year-old guy who still listens to national games on your radio. Like, I I, I mean, I'm sorry, man. It's just, it, it's really blatant. It sucks. And if you're a baseball fan, you should see it, and you should be disappointed. If you really think that's what the game's about. Otherwise, keep playing fantasy baseball and boring people. Doc Rivers talking about LeBron. But not as a basketball player. We'll tell you what they, uh, Austin and Doc Rivers uh, spoke about when they mentioned LeBron uh, recently in a, I guess it was a podcast, video chat, Zoom meeting. Quibby. <laughs> I mean, exactly. Uh, what Doc Rivers said about LeBron after this Lord Center update. Oh, Jen Ellis drop. This Jen Ellis, our baseball insider. Staying home, staying safe. Jen, if you're listening, we miss you. You're welcome back anytime. Well, no, you're not, but you know you are. You know what I mean. So, wait, is she welcome back? I don't know. Do her keys still work? Probably. Yeah. Mine still does. She's welcome back anytime. So, of course she is. Um, Austin Rivers is the son of Doc Rivers. Wait, what? Yeah. Did you not know that? Oh, well, that makes sense now. 
So uh, Rivers said to his son on an in, uninter- in, uninterrupted chat, so the show in, uninterrupted, the two of them were talking back and forth, and they were talking about LeBron James. Here's a direct quote from Doc Rivers. He hmm. said, I really believe if LeBron James had to play football, he may have been the greatest football player ever. Ah, oh, that's smoke. Come on. Perfect. That's exactly the response I expected from you. Yeah. What is the difference between being a great basketball player and being a great football player? Uh, I would say the main difference is accolades. In football, if you have more accolades, you're you're regarded better. Well, how, I'm gonna need you ex- explain more. Well, think of it this way: people still put Wilt Chamberlain like up in the top five, right? Eh, th- Never eh. won a title, did he? Wilt Chamberlain? Yeah, I think he did. Did he? I think so. How many? I don't know. I'll pull. I'll pull up Wilt for you. You keep talking. You keep explaining. Well, your- I, I guess what I'm saying is that I know a lot more guys who are considered in the top ten, top. 15 discussions um, in the NBA who really have never won titles or haven't won that many. Wilt Chamberlain, two-time NBA champ. Okay, two-time NBA champ. Yep. You know, you compare that to somebody like Bill Russell or Michael Jordan or even LeBron James, who's won three. Sure. And I I think that in the NBA, those guys are regarded higher, the ones that have padded stats and that have the accolades except for the championships is what I'm trying to say. Like, you could consider Steve Nash a top 10 point guard of all time. He never won a title. In fact, he never even went to a finals. But he won back-to-back MVPs and is pretty high up there on the assist list. Yeah. But, you know, you go somewhere like football, and we have to have the conversation of, well, Eli Manning kind of sucked. But we need to consider him a Hall of Famer. He's a two-time Super Bowl winner. Okay. Because really, when you look at Eli Manning's career as a whole, it kind of sucked. <laughs> he really wasn't that good. He, he really sucked, actually. Yeah. Russell Wilson, same way. We kind of disregard him, right? Because yeah. he's only won one Super Bowl. But sure. when we were talking about that list of the best players of the last decade, and he was, what, 33, 32, something like that, we were all like, what the hell are you talking about? Dude, look at that guy play. Just look at the results on the field. But we don't hold him in that high regard because when it comes to the big titles and everything, yeah. Yeah, you know, he's won one Super Bowl, but... Eh. Well, but here's my other question on the topic is how many six foot nine football players are there? How many guys have been great athletes and can't put up to the punishment that you get in football? Yes, you have to be a great athlete to play professional football, but there's the greatest football players of all time. Oftentimes, for your for your point, you go to accolades mm. and you go, well, Tom Brady's the greatest of all time because he's got 35 Super Bowl championships. He's not the greatest athlete ever to play football, but he might be the greatest football player ever. You played college football. How many guys? I did. How many guys that you played with, you're like, dude, this guy is an absolute freak but couldn't put up with the punishment that football took. The guy, you mean, right? Yeah, like like some oh. guy out there, like blazing speed, the ability to leap over small buildings in a single bound, mm. the you know the 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 physical requirements, all the physical tools, but not having the right mental ability to go out there and just and just play hurt and to to pick up the scheme and to do you know everything that you need. Uh, there weren't too many of those guys really in terms of just playing in college football. Now when it came to the pros, the next mm-hmm. level, there's a few that come to mind. Yeah. 
But in college football, I mean, if you're that good at that point, then you're sure. playing. You're the man. You're on the field. Yeah. Text line makes a good point, and I don't want to dig too deep into this, <laughs> but they do throw out Dan Marino, which I will sit here and die on this stake of saying Dan Marino is so effing overrated. Ah, I can't yeah, stand yeah, yeah. it. Yes, and I had a, I had literally a yelling match with Dirt about this. I know you did. And you, like yeah, many yeah, yeah. months okay. back. We're, it was bad. We're good. Save your Dan Marino stuff. He was like, no, Dan Marino's far better than Drew Brees. I was like, Drew Brees has almost just as good stats and also won a Super Bowl. Well, Dan Marino never had the players around him. Well, the quarterback's the most important player on the field. And if he yeah, like yeah, okay. has Let's, two okay, Super okay. Bowls. Okay, we're not getting into it, so shut up. LeBron James, six foot nine. How many six foot nine NFL greats have there been tallest quarterback in nfl history care to guess uh, i don't need you don't need to guess who it is but you can guess six seven dan mcguire six foot eight oh. 240 pounds uh also the younger brother of mlb superstar mark mcguire uh do you remember dan mcguire being awesome no because you don't remember dan mcguire tallest, tallest running back of all time uh, I want to say it was that guy from the Giants. Brandon Jacobs, yeah, six right. foot four. Yeah, I remember him. Uh, tallest wide receiver. Uh, I'm going to go six, seven again. Six foot eight, 225 pounds. Harold Carmichael, four-time pro bowler. Mm -hmm. uh, your tight end, high, tallest tight end. Uh, I'm going to go again, six, eight, maybe six, nine. Yeah, six, eight. Uh, so... There was a guy at 6'10", uh, Marcus Stroud, drafted out of Clark, Atlanta by the Kansas City Chiefs in the third round of the 1969 NFL draft. In his five-year career, he had five re uh, 54 receptions for uh, almost 1,000 yards. Cool. Yeah, but a guy you never heard of. Uh, at tackle, Jonathan Ogden was 6'9". Yeah, LeBron, I would have expected that. LeBron not playing left tackle. You have guards. Okay. Uh, the tallest guard right, is six, I get it. I get it. I get it. You're, you're setting precedent. Yeah, but what I'm saying is it's just, okay, well, here's the one that I wanted to get to. How tall was Ed Too Tall Jones? Played defense, six five. Defensive end. He was 6'9". He was oh. So, so where, I, where I throw out the question is, where would you put LeBron? If LeBron is going to be easily slotted in as the greatest football player ever by Doc Rivers. Where do you put him on the field? Well, it, I, I'm just going to ignore the logic of greatest football player ever. Okay. <laughs> that just doesn't. Doesn't compute for you? No, I mean, come on. He wouldn't be the greatest football player ever. It, his greatest chance of succeeding is tight end. Yeah. Yeah, easily. Tight really? end. Make, make him like a um, Antonio Gates. Just put him in slot. Just don't let. Don't have him block a lot. Him. Yeah. Just. I mean. Can you take a lot of NBA players and put them into a NFL situation? No, I don't think you can. When I don't. I don't mean not today's. NBA. I don't mean most of the guys on the rosters. But I'm saying if you went through the league over the years and you took a guy, you know, with the physical ability. To, there's a lot of guys in basketball. I think that have eh. the physical stature. Derek Fisher. I always thought looked like a football player. Uh, well, you have to remember he's six foot four. He looks like a tiny little guy on on a basketball court, but that guy was pretty thick. No, man. See, I, I think what you're missing here is the mentality. That's exactly what I'm saying. Is, is and that's what yeah. I was trying to allude to earlier. I'm just saying. I think LeBron the James tools. has the mentality. Okay, well. he does, man. He's a fierce competitor. Michael Jordan has the mentality. He freaking did it in baseball. Michael Jordan would have been <laughs> fine in basketball. You could put him at slot or football. 
or uh, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry, football. Like you know, maybe he doesn't have Ooh. the incredible quickness, but you could put him at slot. He can run routes. Derek Fisher only six one. Yeah, had to double check. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just it's that type of mentality, yeah. and I think LeBron does have that. I mean, uh, that's. That's what we see from Michael Jordan. Dude, Michael Jordan was crying in that documentary because of the fact that people kept questioning, like, why are you such an a-hole to your teammates? And mm-hmm. he's like, because I want to win. Yeah. I want to friggin' win. And if you don't agree with it, look up at the banners. And that's why I totally understand it when you have D-bag guys on your team who want to push you that much. Now, you got to back it up with some talent. You got to back yeah. it up with some rings. But those guys do. And that's why I also have a little bit of respect for Tom Brady in that sense where he's yelling at rookies on the sidelines in his last year in New England. I mean, I think it was like a Monday night game where they were miking him up or where there was a mic close to him where he was like yelling at receivers, like run your friggin' route, yeah. run it to completion. There's, there, I think there's this, this tendency that we have is to look at somebody that is in the conversation for greatest of all time mm. and say that it's a lot more about their elite talent. Like Michael Jordan insanely talented is he the greatest athlete using the air quotes because of his running leaping ability yes no yes it's no it's it's because of the mentality that you just brought up no it's both of them it is but there are other guys that have the physical tools without the mental ability they're the guys that have the mental ability without the it's the combination of both that is that's but michael jordan has them both that's i know that's Dude, he was so six six. He was six six, and he dunked over like Patrick Ewing six, six. constantly. Constantly, that's all he ever did was just dunk oh, over. Uh, go back and look. <laughs> I did. Yes, he did. That's all he I did know. to Patrick Ewing. No, I know, but the the way I heard it was that's all he did in the NBA was just yeah. dunk on Patrick Ewing. That's all you got to remember from the nineties was Michael Jordan dunking uh, on Patrick Ewing and slapping him. Yeah, it's. It, but it, what I'm saying is, is as you, if you go athlete there are plenty of guys in throughout history have been freak athletes the rare the rare air is when you get in the combination of guys that want it more than everybody and have the talent the the rumor that jordan ran a four three eight forty i believe it that would be something that, that like that's yeah. that's something that again that's straight ahead speed i doubt yep. jordan would have the quickness to play receiver uh, i i Dude, I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you got to have a whole – and see, that's kind of where blurred lines happen because with a lot of uh, basketball players, the natural inclination for most of them to play in the NFL is you go, okay, tight end or receiver Mm -hmm. because most of them are very slender, thin, and just, you know, they're they're athletic people. I mean, maybe a center you could throw at a tackle perhaps. I don't know. Except centers these days are kind of the same as forwards. Put at the end. Yeah. But, I mean (laughs) – you know, it, it goes the other way, too, when you think of other guys who aren't really physically talented but have that mentality to really overcome everything. I know that a lot of people that I've heard through documentaries say that was Jerry Rice. Yeah. Jerry Rice really wasn't that physically yeah. gifted. It was Boy, just the fact that hands. he was insanely good at yeah. practicing routes and running them correctly. Now, don't get me wrong. The guy's fast, but yeah. it, it was his ability yeah. to run routes to absolute precision and completion that just took him away from everybody else and he did have he he said in an interview that he was but he was uh embarrassed of how big his hands were and he used to walk around with his hands in his pockets so people wouldn't see and then he started being oh a great football player and he's like oh yeah i guess you can see my giant hands except when he went to the club check out these hands ladies (laughs) what's up you know what this means jerry rice in the house the other thing that's interesting to think about though is how much different those guys would look 
when you watch the Last Dance documentary, his tr Jordan's trainer talking about how different the training was for baseball and basketball, and both the transition from basketball to baseball and then back. Mm. You wonder how different Jordan, LeBron, Shaq would have looked if they were on a football training schedule. Yeah. Be nuts. All right. Well, fun to think about. Uh, so just wanted to have that quick conversation. We will tell you what to watch. We'll do that next. Center and Saint on 1080 The Fan. Which is the most exciting matchup in the field of competition? Which game will leave you kicking yourself if you miss it? Which channel should you switch to when the sporting day is gone? Welcome to America's most exciting sports talk radio show segment. It's time for What to Watch. Presented by Encore Audio Video. Now hear this. Whether you're looking for a new TV or a custom home theater, start at Encore Showroom at 14th and Everett in the Pearl. Now our expert panel, avid television viewer Will Darkins. And increasingly out-of-touch father of twin girls, Luke Anderson. Are here to tell you what to watch. Literally, it's what to watch on The Sinner and the Saint. On 1080, The Fan. Text line had another good one. Uh, Rasheed Wallace. <laughs> Not the mentality, though. Yeah. Uh, also, Ricky Henderson at running back. <laughs> Ricky Henderson, man, that guy was a unique personality. Uh, I love the uh, Ricky Henderson story of he gets his uh, first million dollar check and then puts it on his wall. The team calls him up and goes, hey, uh, I should cash that check. It's on my wall. Maybe it was his first paycheck. Maybe it wasn't a million dollars. Either way, just hung up his check. Either way, he's a dummy. He's a dummy. Stole a lot of bases, though. That's for show. I don't know, man. It's amazing when you see the guys that actually do play two sports. You forget that Deion Sanders played baseball and was taking helicopters in between uh, Atlanta and Washington. I believe Washington. Or maybe it was, a, well, yeah, I think it was Washington when he played with the Redskins, but... Anyways, uh, playing in the World Series and playing in the NFL in the same week. It's like, dude, nuts. Awesome, though. Um, what are you going to watch after The Last Dance concludes? Because I know you're watching The Last Dance. <laughs> you know, watching The Last Dance. Yeah, I'm pumped for the end of it, uh, but I'm a little sad for the end of it, too. Why? Because it's great. I don't watch... you just watch all the other documentaries that ESPN has? <laughs> we were, we were talking, Joe and I talked about that yesterday in our uh, Dirt and Sprague stint. There are a ton of really good basketball documentaries yeah. out there. But, yeah, I will definitely go on a 30, 30, for, 30 for 30 binge. In fact, the first one I'm watching afterwards is the uh, the mid-'90s uh, Orlando Magic documentary. That's exa that was, yeah. Yep, I was thinking the same one. That sounds... It's just an interesting time in basketball, the fact that you just all of a sudden didn't have Michael Jordan, and then you were like, oh, yeah, Hakeem Olajuwon's really good. Oh, yeah, the Knicks are actually really good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the Magic uh, are pretty much like the Thunder of the 90s. <laughs> they were definitely a big what-if team, for yeah. sure. Yeah, oh, dude, you got if. Penny Hardaway, Scott Skiles. And Scott Skiles is the second guy you go to after Penny Hardaway? I mean, Shaq, but. Oh, yeah. Well, and I consider that team more likable than the Thunder because of the fact you had, um, you know, Kevin Durant, who, as scientifically it's been proven, is a little bitch. Yeah, but Shaq left to go play with Kobe. Yeah, but Shaq won three rings and was obviously dominant. Did he win four? Did he win three? No, with the Lakers. Yeah, and then he won a fourth with the Heat. Heat yeah. 
But I'm saying like, because then after he left LA, it was kind of like, okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> no, that E team was really good. Yeah, they were good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, I have more angst towards Kevin Durant. Well, sure. Because, I mean, Shaq played with one Hall of Famer, one true Hall of Famer. Yeah. I know some other guys might get in there. I bet Robert Ory will probably get in there. Well, but Dwayne, like, Dwayne Wade. Well, again, I'm just referencing the Lakers team. Gotcha. Because I'm sure Kevin Durant will play for another. Oh, wait. Yeah. Okay. Kevin, That's the thing. He's playing with like three to four Hall of Famers, and he basically gets like five minutes of rest at a time. And then he just goes back out there when they're like only up by two, and they're like, hey, just go score 30 points. Hey, yeah. Don't play defense. KD went to the team that set the NBA record for wins that they took to game seven in the prior year his team yeah there's there it's and the, then he went yeah, to yeah, brooklyn yeah, 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 with move. the most yeah worst move uh, kd you cheese butt where lebron at kd lebron he gonna yam on you following uh this show on this station well, what uh, are you watching os i'm just dropping in the osn classic real quick oregon versus washington from 18. cool yeah, so that'll be that. ESPN uh, is playing the World Series uh, game third, uh, 2013 game four. Red Sox Cardinals uh, will be played after that. So you're getting uh, plenty of old play-by-play. I'm going to go and watch uh, the first documentary I'm going to watch. is I never watched the, the Larry and Magic, the Bird Magic documentary that they made. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to go watch that one uh, because for me, that's an era that – I, I, I don't have the familiarity with uh, the 90s. I remember a lot of that magic stuff, uh, but I do not recall uh, a ton of the bird magic, but obviously you, you recall know the, the AIDS stuff. Yes, that I remember that I remember, but I was a little too young to watch those games. So I'm going to I'm, uh, that's when I'll dive back into. Yeah, I still contend that the NBA really started in the 80s. It's <laughs> just the level of play, man. I know, the level you, of play just got better. Okay. Isn't that when they actually stopped playing games on tape delay? Um, no, I don't think that's accurate. I'm pretty sure that's accurate, that there were championship games in the early 80s and late 70s that one of them was, like, on tape delay. Yeah, there were some games, but I don't think all of the games were, like, they are like, oh, we're no more tape delays. But they used to tape delay Monday Night Football into the 90s. Whatever. All right, that's what I'm watching. We are all done. Have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy the OSN Classic. Bye-bye. If life seems jolly rotten, there's something you've forgotten. And that's to laugh and smile and dance and sing. When you're feeling in the dumps, <laughs> silly chumps, just purse your lips and whistle. That's the thing. That much selfish? Always look on the bright side of life. <laughs> okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.